With Tiger football just three days away, let's break down this entire roster after the depth charts were released, most confident to least confident. Let's start listing it right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, and welcome to the Locked On Mizzou podcast. I'm John Miller, and if this is your first time here, well, I'm a Missouri guy from way back in the day, multi-decade season ticket holder, Missourian, Missouri journalism school grad, Columbia, Missourian guy, sports columnist, the whole thing, and most importantly, the host of the Locked On Mizzou podcast since the 2019 football season. So to all you newbies, thanks for joining me. And to all of you longtime listeners, you don't know how much I appreciate you. I genuinely mean that. But hey, let's get to Tiger football. Obviously just three days away. I just wanted to take real stock of this entire roster. After Missouri released what is its official depth charts just recently here. And of course, we can take some of these uh, depth charts with a grain of salt, considering the the plethora of oars, including at the backup quarterback position, where, as many predicted, Jack Abraham, Sam Horn, and Tyler Macon all listed as oars at the backup quarterback position. But hey, we know Brady Cook's going to start, but let's start this list. Who am I most confident at on this entire roster at Missouri? Well, it should be to no one's surprise that that person is Harrison Mevis. There's a reason his nickname is Money, folks. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that kick that he nailed up in Boston last year. Unfortunately, the ending could have been a little bit better for if you're a Missouri fan, but just an unbelievable kick and, and great execution by Connor Basilak, the whole Missouri offense during that sequence, without a doubt. But Harrison Mavis, yeah, it's nice when you have a place kicker who you can easily sleep at night with. A guy with a great leg, accurate too. What more could you want? Also, I'll give a quick honorable mention to Sean Ketting as the kickoff specialist too. A guy who at his job, which is kicking the ball into the back of the end zone for touchbacks, he's been as good as anybody in the country the last couple years. So yes, I'm really confident in him as well. But hey, guess what? Sean Ketting going to come up later in this list as well as Missouri's starting punter. So let's get there a little bit later, but let's go to the number two spot on the roster. In my opinion, I'm just really confident in Trey John Jeffcoat and Isaiah McGuire will at the very, very least be a extremely solid defensive end combination in the SEC this year for the Tigers. I just think those guys together, assuming they're both healthy the whole year, I think they're really going to wreak a pretty good amount of havoc. I'm not going to say they're going to be the best unit in the conference by any means, but I really think that we're going to be pleasantly surprised perhaps with the amount of production we get out of those guys. I think maybe Trey John looks even more like the 2020 guy just in terms of his final stats, and I think Isaiah McGuire just continues his strong play from last season, and at least that's just my humble opinion. So, obviously, defensive end, that's a good spot to feel confident going into the season. Number three, speaking of an important spot on the field, how about left tackle, Javon Foster. By all accounts, a serious NFL prospect, a guy that that you really just didn't hear that much about 
last season, to be honest. And sometimes for an offensive lineman, especially in pass protection, that's exactly what you want. You want to see, you want to not see him. You want to not hear his name, essentially. That means he's probably doing a great job. Now, one thing that's interesting to me, it does seem like the left side of that Missouri offensive line is going to be the stronger side, at least if you look at at Javon Foster versus Zeke Powell starting over on the other side at right tackle. There's a bit of a talent discrepancy there. In the past, Larry Borum, who's now with the Chicago Bears, well, he was a real run run grader, basically, on the right side of the offense. Daniel Parker as a tight end, a really good run blocker as well. He's He's taken his talents to Norman, Oklahoma, of course, and his Twitter account as well, thankfully. But the real point is I think there's a good chance you see Missouri run the ball to the left side of the formation a lot more than in the first couple years under Drinkwitz. That'll be something I'm watching here, at least in the first game for sure. See if that, see if that particular trend does reverse itself as I'm expecting. Now, the number four guy that I am sleeping quite well with I don't think this is the fourth best player on the roster, but it's probably the fourth guy that I'm most confident in. It's the Tommy Saunders-adjacent Barrett Bannister. Now again, Barrett, far from a dominant player as a wide receiver, but let's face it, you know exactly what you're going to get from Barrett Bannister at this point. The guy's been around seemingly since the Obama administration. It feels like Barrett's seriously been around that long, but The reason I made the Tommy Saunders comparison is because, like everybody who followed the 2007-2008 Tigers is well aware, if it was third and five, hey, Missouri had some great wide receivers with a lot of speed on that team. Alexander, Macklin, you know the list, but a lot of times, important moments, third and medium, third and short, guess who got the ball? The sure-handed and reliable precision route running Tommy Saunders. Sounds a lot like Barrett Bannister to me, and I think while Barrett might he might have some of his snaps come down a little bit this year, considering the amount of receivers in the room that they want to get on the field this year for the Tigers, I still think the snaps that he has are going to be really important, crucial situation, a guy that I'm sure Brady Cook is going to be relying on for sure. Now, the fifth spot, you heard me talk about him recently. In fact, Friday's show, Martez Manuel. I just think Martez is going to have a really big season for that Tiger defense. The star position fits his fits his profile to me as a guy. You know, I, I won't go on and on about it because I know I did Friday's show. But again, for those of you who are new, Martez Manuel, a really versatile defender and a guy, especially for his size, he's a really good run defender. I think that's going to help Missouri out as a team, help out that run defense quite a bit, especially against the modern-style running attacks that you see at Tennessee, among other different types of places. So that's the top five on this roster as we speak today. I want to get into the rest of this roster, of course, but first, you know what, let's change the tone just a tiny bit here and go with a, a more serious thing. Are you one of those people that thinks it's okay to drive stoned? Well, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? No big deal, right? Well, wrong, because the truth is your reaction times slow down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everybody around you as well. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, 
Do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Now, number six on my list is Chris Abrams' drain. And really, the only reason Chris isn't a little bit higher than six is because the position change is slightly worrisome. But at the same time, Chris moving from a a nickel corner to the outside, just based on my rudimentary understanding of defensive backs, he sure seems to have the skill set to me. It's not as though his feet aren't quick enough. I think he's tall enough to play on the outside, rangy enough to match up with some of the taller guys in this league on the outside. So I'm not particularly worried about Chris, but it does have to it does make me knock him down just a tiny bit because it seemed like that nickel position really fit him last year. Regardless, still think we've got high expectations for him. Number 7, Jalen Carlisle, just a solid free safety in the back end, a guy who certainly made some turnovers last year, made some things happen for the Tigers, solid tackler as well. No real concerns about Jalen Carlisle. And number 8, your starting quarterback Brady Cook. Now, yes, I'm planting my flag here a little bit on Brady Cook. I've probably done enough of that in the offseason, right? But I still can't go a whole lot higher than eighth because, well, a relative lack of experience, right? I think I I really liked what I saw in the bowl game. I think just about everybody else did too. But at the same time, it is just one start and we don't want to go crazy. Don't want to put too much undue or undue pressure on the guy. And experience matters, but I think by the end of this season, Brady will have plenty of it. But, hey, speaking of a lack of experience, ah, yes, Mr. Luther Burden, the true freshman who is literally all that and a bag of chips. I can't believe nobody else has made that joke yet. So you're welcome, Missouri fans. But, I will say I'm surprised as much as I'm expecting Luther to have a really, really solid season his first year as a receiver. I was surprised to see the aforementioned Chris Abrams drain ahead of him on the punt return depth chart. Now we'll see. Burden is still second on the depth chart, and I think he'll probably get he'll probably get a shot to touch that ball in the return game at some point this season for sure. I'm just not sure that it's going to be week one against Louisiana Tech. Maybe that's smart quite frankly. For as much as I think he can be a game breaker, he's a true freshman. Maybe they just want to limit his touches, don't put too much on his plate because offensively, obviously he's going to be a huge part of this offense from day one. So if that means maybe lighten his load a little bit in special teams, that actually may make a ton of sense. And number 10 on my list, Chad Bailey, the middle linebacker, inside linebacker, well, Let's call him an off-ball linebacker. How about that? He's definitely not an edge rusher. Let's put it that way. But Chad Bailey really came on last season. When he got his chance the second half of last season, well, wasn't a coincidence that Missouri's run defense improved quite mightily. And I'd say there's a good chance that's going to carry over to this season. Feeling good about Chad. But again, just a relative lack of experience there makes me think, ah, who knows? At the same time, I I liked what I saw from Chad last season for sure. Number 11 on my list, I'm going to put two guys in the same spot, actually. Towski Dove and Dominic Lovett. While it might not seem like those guys are exactly the same player, well, they certainly aren't, but a couple of, of speedy guys who can get down the field, make big plays, 
I like everything I've heard about Dominic Lovett. Obviously, Dove has been around this program for a long time now. This is just Lovett's second year in the program. But I really think that Lovett has shown a lot of not only just real ability on the football field, just in small bursts, maybe not a ton of production last year, but I'm just telling you, when you really took a close look at his work last year, there's a lot to like about Dominic Lovett still. I think he's going to have a big-time breakout season. And Toski Dove, just a guy who is consistently sort of overlooked as a receiver for Missouri. All he's ever really done is is make plays and be a solid addition to this team. Is he a superstar? No, but I'm really confident that Towski will be an important part of this offense. And coming up, number 12 on my list is the Florida linebacker transfer Tyron Hopper. And a lot of unknowns for the rest of this list, at least a lot more unknown than the first half of this list. So let's close it out. Coming up right after these quick words. It's possible that because former Florida linebacker Tyron Hopper perhaps had his best game of the season last year against Missouri, well, maybe Missouri fans should maybe take their expectations down just a tiny notch. Now, I don't want to say that he's going to be a bad player or anything. I'm not trying to say that at all. In fact, I expect Hopper to be a very, very good member of this defense, but at the same time, we have to be realistic and admit that this is a guy hasn't been on campus for very long he hasn't played in this particular defense and well why is he transferring that'd be another question sometimes these transfer players work out great other times you realize especially guys who are seniors you realize oh maybe there's a reason that they transferred again not saying that with Tyron Hopper not saying that's my opinion but at the same time what do we really know at this point so I can't really put him any higher than this speaking of 13, let's move to the other safety position. We already talked about Jalen Carlisle and Martez Manuel. Well, the third safety spot perhaps, perhaps looks like a rotation between former Clemson player Joseph Charleston and current Tiger, who's on the team last year, Jelani Williams. A big hitting safety. Seems like a high character young man. I like Jelani a lot as a, just a young guy for sure based on what I've seen. Seems like a solid little little uh, twosome there, but at the same time, the fact that neither one of them has really jumped ahead of the other, in terms of confidence, you know, I think I have them in about the right position. Let's put it that way. Now, again, we're getting less confident as we go here. I'm just going to throw all of the running backs into one spot here at number 14, because I'm not even sure which one of these guys is going to emerge and I don't particularly care. Maybe we see a more committee-based pro- approach this season, unlike the first couple years of the Drinkwitz era here. But either way, I think the running game in general will be okay. I think it'll be fine. But again, I do think it's going to be interesting to see if Missouri relies more on running left this season after the right side had been dominant the last few years. And also, if you think about it, Brady Cook, of course, a right-handed quarterback, If you're handing off to that left side, maybe running those outside zone stretch plays that Drink likes to run a lot, well, because Brady Cook's a little bit more of a mobile quarterback, maybe we can see some more rollout sort of waggle or bootleg type action to get Brady outside of the pocket on some play action stuff. That could be some interesting action to see 
to see at some point this season, I think. The next spot for me, despite the fact that the defensive tackles, we know that it's going to be Jaden Jernigan and Darius Robinson are going to start on Thursday night. We're pretty darn sure sure of that. Unlike the running back position where the rotation is basically going to be anybody's guess, I would say. But at the same time, I think... There's been a lot of Missouri fans, Missouri beat writers who are maybe assuming more production for Darius Robinson than what I've seen from him the last couple years. I think the guy, you know, the guy looks like a Greek god in his uniform. He certainly has tons of potential. There's no doubt about that, but he also needs to stay on the field and turn that potential into actual production. So I'm not ready to crown him just yet and kind of a similar Maybe a slightly similar vibe with Jaden Jernigan, the Oklahoma State transfer, although certainly he has much more proven production at this level than Darius Robinson does. At the same time, I I, want to see it in a Missouri uniform too. There's also some interesting names in the second string, Baylor product, Josh Landry, former Oregon product, Christian Williams. So some impressive programs that these guys have pedigrees from, but at the same time, guys that didn't have a lot of production at their previous stops. So to me, this defensive tackle position, completely up in the air for the most part. I'm fairly, I'm relatively confident that Jaden Jernigan will be a good player, but other than that, I I think it's totally up in the air, and I wouldn't be assuming too much at, at at the other interior spot at this point. Now, when it comes to offensive guards, I'm just going to be brutally honest with all of you and say, Interior line play, not exactly my forte in terms of analysis, to say the least. So I'll just say that Xavier Delgado, Connor Wood, they have experience in the program with Marcus Johnson. I'll just put them here at 16 and and just wash my hands of the whole thing. That's my way of saying, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you on the guards. Sorry, I'm just being brutally honest with you. So let's move on. 17, Sean Ketting. Yes, we mentioned Sean already as the excellent kickoff specialist that he is, but also, Sean, perhaps even a more important job as the punter this coming season. Really, I've never seen – I think I've seen Sean punt a couple balls in the spring game, perhaps, but for whatever reason, I just have confidence in the young man. I just think he's going to do well here, but it would be fairly insane for me to put him much higher than this. Also, speaking of special teams, Chris Abrams-Drain, he's going to be the kick returner and the punt returner, apparently, which to me is putting a decent amount on his plate for a guy who's, again, playing a slightly different position this year, moving inside to outside on defense a really important defensive player. And also, in 2020, the Chris Abrams drain as punt returner experience didn't exactly go that well. Couple, couple muffs is what I remember it, and then he was basically switched to the defensive side of the ball fairly quickly after that. But we'll see what happens there. I'd be more confident if it, if it were Luther Burton. I'm not even going to lie to you. So let's move on. Of course, a new center... The Buffalo transfer ruled out. Ogar couldn't make it for whatever reason. Still a mystery there to me. So it's going to be Connor Tolleson is going to be your starter. I get good vibes from from Connor. I think he'll be a decent player if I had to bet. But at the same time, again, interior line play, not my forte. Not going to sit here and tell you I have a lot of insight there. Finally, this might be my worst. This is really worrisome, actually. 
Ennis Rakestraw and DJ Jackson on the other side from Chris Abrams drain. I just worry I worry about Ennis and his knee. I hope it's hope he's back to a hundred percent. I hope he trusts that knee because we're gonna need him to play well. And DJ Jackson, I almost thought maybe he would come through and maybe beat Rakestraw out this fall, but who knows? Maybe I, I'm not sure what to think of that either. I thought Jackson was uh, was a solid player in limited action last season after Rakestraw went down, but obviously perhaps the coaching staff sees something that I don't. Again, it sounds like I'm trying to talk down Rakestraw here. I'm just a little bit worried that less than a year after an ACL reconstruction, we might be asking a little bit too much from the young man. Hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully he's 100%, obviously. But that does, again, that's why it's 20th on my list. It worries me. Doesn't mean I'm going to be right. Just my emotional worry at the moment. Finally, the last two spots on the roster that I'm worried about. First of all, the tight end position. Was hoping Ryan Horstcamp would come through and win that job. Doesn't look like that's necessarily going to happen. In fact, he is listed as behind Tyler Stevens and Kibet Chepiator, in fact. So, is he third string right now? That's a little bit disappointing. I'm trying to, uh, I'm not going to lie, in, in real time here, I'm trying to actually interpret the oars here. But if I'm interpreting this correctly, and I'm pretty sure I am, it's Tyler Stevens and Kibet Chepiator, the former walk-on, I believe a former basketball player in high school. Tall guy, athletic guy. Seems like he's maybe getting the nod here as the other tight end. So that's a tiny bit disappointing to me. Not surprised Tyler Stevens is listed as the one, but was hoping to see more from Horst Camp at this point. And finally, Zeke Powell at right tackle. It's just worrisome that, again, Hiron White, your anticipated right tackle starter for Missouri this season, sounding less likely with each passing day that he's going to actually play this season with an injury. So that alone is worrisome, but the fact that Zeke Powell barely got on the field last season for Missouri, and not as a right tackle either, so he's he's moving around positions as well, that's very worrisome to me. And certainly, the, if you're going to see an extra tight end, it'll probably be on the right side maybe at times to to help out that strong side of Brady Cook. We shall see. Maybe that's part of the calculus at tight end. Let's just get some guys in there who can block offer some extra protection, that kind of thing. But you know what? I appreciate you listening to this edition of Locked On Mizzou. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now make Locked On SEC your second listen. Every day, Chris Gordy has the Southeastern Conference covered in depth with his bevy of excellent guests in less than 30 minutes a day. Again, make Locked On SEC your second listen. That's Locked On SEC. So, Until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.